Transmitter device activated. Coordinate set for Earth 2. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Earth 2 podcast, your weekly explanation of the DC Comics multiverse and the legacy of their, and sometimes not their, Golden Age heroes through the silver and the bronze ages of comics. I'm Peter Watson. And I'm deeply in awe of that little twist to the normal intro there from our Peter Watson and David Steele. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. We return to the pages of Action Comics this week, issue 421 this time, published on December the 28th, 1972. Peter's going to tell you why we're doing this one as he tells you about the cover at the same time. Yes, we have our striking white cover. We've got the Action Comics logo at the top with the DC button in the top left, 20 cents in the top right. In this issue, Action Plus with Green Arrow. That's a bonus backup that we are not going to discuss. It looks good though. It, Dinah, you know, Black Canary looks brilliant, and you should go and buy a copy of Four Two One and read it because it was great. Anyway, yes. Now we have a classic image of Superman in a phone booth. How unusual! But it is unusual because the phone booth is being ripped off of the asphalt mm. by a rather strong character. Yes, it's a sailor man who's lifted up this phone booth, and he's saying. Who are you kidding? Changing to Superman in a phone booth. Superman looks astonished. He does. Superman looking very much like Christopher Reeve. He does a bit, He's yeah. astonished. And at the side, we have a caption that says... The fantastic feats of Captain Strong. Yes, that's feats spelt F-E-A-T-S, not alluding to the things that he walks about on. Captain Strong has uh, got a lovely striped top on. He's got fantastic bell-bottom jeans on as well as his uh, Captain's sailor hat, which is awesome. He's also got a lovely, lovely sticky-outy chin and rippling muscles with an anchor tattoo on yes. his forearms. anchor yes. tattoo for him, significantly. Yes. Do we say at this point who this guy is clearly based upon? Well, yes, we do, David. Okay, we do. Fill in the listeners. Listeners, this chap's clearly based on Popeye, the popular, the legendary, the long-lived... King Features Syndicate comic strip character who first appeared in the 1927 instalment of Thimble Theatre, took the thing over, essentially, and became a bit of a, you know, a very, one of the most well-known cultural-type characters of the 20th century, I would say. Yep, definitely. Robin Williams played him in a movie, for goodness sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you remember your first encounter or whatever with Popeye? It's probably just cartoons. Maybe yeah. Glenn Michaels' Cavalcade, Cartoons. yeah. Yep, I'm Popeye the Sailor Man, I live in a caravan, all that caravan, sort of stuff. Yeah. I turned on the telly and blew off my belly, I'm Popeye the, the Sailor, Sailor Man. Man. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Popeye. Superman meets Popeye. What? What? Mm-hmm. As Peter said at the top there, it's not quite a, a DC Golden Age superhero by any stretch, but it's a very significant cartoon comic strip character. And very interesting that Superman encounters someone who's clearly based on him. Yes, it's worth covering. It is. It's, it's a fun story yeah. as well. It's a great fun story. And without any further ado, we shall jump into it. Our opening splash page is narrated by a young blonde boy who is saying, I guess I should have had enough smarts not to mess around with that condemned warehouse on the docks, but I was too busy playing Batman to notice. And there's three insert panels, various sizes. The first one showing a small boy in a Batman costume. I had a Batman costume just like it in the 70s. Gosh. I remember the day I tried to wear it to school under my clothes. <laughs> Did you fight crime? Um, well, I thought I might have to. Quite right, As too. you do. And he's fallen through the docks and it's plummeting, but Billy's narration continues. Then all at once, the rotted floorboards caved in. I was falling through. 
Next thing I remember is waking up with heaps of wooden planks and other junk piles on top of me. I wasn't hurt much, but I couldn't budge. Yes, we see the, the Batman mask has been dislodged. He's trapped, and as he says, under some, some wooden beams, all sorts of stuff lying around. And Billy thinks to himself, All this stuff must weigh a ton. I'll, I'll never get out of here. His narration continues. I started yelling for help, loud as I could, when all of a sudden the warehouse doors came crashing in. Yeah, it's a massive crump, crump sound effect, and a little kinetic burst as the, the warehouse doors fall forward. Billy's narration continues. My cries were answered. Somehow my pal Superman had heard me. We turn the page, top of page two. But the rescuer who rushed to my aid wasn't Superman. No, it's someone else entirely. It's um chap wearing, looks very much like Lex Luthor's prison fatigue overall, look, yes. to be honest. He's wearing sort of that pale greyish purple shirt and trousers. He's a striped t-shirt visible underneath. He appears to be bald apart from a little tiny little curl of hair at the front of his forehead, strong muscular arms and a visible anchor tattoo on his right forearm. He starts, well, Billy tells us what he starts doing. Without straining and bits, he picked up and tossed away heavy planks and scrap like they were feathers. Yes, and indeed, some see what you see capturing from Billy as this new arrival gets stuck in, throwing wood around everywhere. When he freed me, he wasn't even breathing hard. He just smiled, then told me who he was and what else he had the power to do. Yet, yeah, panel three, this new rival's holding Billy, now that he's been freed, holding him up in the air. Billy, in his Batman costume, smiling away, and his narration continues... I was the most excited kid in Metropolis. I couldn't wait to tell Superman the, the fantastic feats of Captain Strong. Captions tells this story is by Carrie Bates, art by Kurt Swan and Murphy Anderson, editing Julie Schwartz. Awesome. We arrive at the top of page three and Billy is in Clark Kent's office, wherever Clark is at this point, probably WGBS, I would imagine. And Billy is finishing up telling the story that he's just told us to Clark Kent. Billy is saying. And that's my story, Mr. Kent. Next time you see Superman, will you tell him Captain Strong would like his autograph? This sailor friend of yours sounds like a remarkable fellow. Start to move out of the office in the next panel. Billy's saying. He sure is. I bet you he can do stunts not even Superman himself could. Now that would be news. Captain Strong would make a great subject for my next eyewitness interview, says Clark as he opens the door. Caps for panel three. As the TV reporter watches his young visitor leave. Clark thinks to himself, I've known Billy long enough to know that he isn't the sort of kid who makes up stories. So if everything he said is true, a little editor's note here tells us. Regular Superman readers will remember Billy Anders as the kid who saved Superman, the kid who sold Superman's powers, and the kid who knocked out Superman. Yes, Billy can quite a few Superman stories in about this period. I might see if I can get a little gallery of them, the cover appearances together to stick up. That would be delightful. There is that incredibly appalling, awful action comics cover. I think it's Billy when it looks like Soups is getting changed behind him and yes. the less said about it, the better. Not putting that one on the social. I don't think I've got it, actually, to be <gasps> honest. Uh-huh. Anyway, awesome. in panel four, further out in the office, one of Clark's colleagues is receiving a telex or a fax or something. You can see something coming off the teleprinter and he exclaims, Holy Hannah, what a news break. This story gets top priority. But before the teletype ink can dry, a pair of telescopic eyes reads the bulletin even as it runs off the machine. Fantastic point of view shot here as we see Clark using his supervision to read Coast Guard Fleet Radio's Desperate SOS caught in unmapped whirlpool 12 miles outside Metropolis Harbour. Clark thinks, another job for Superman. The first panel of page four, Clark once again returns to his office thinking, 
Identity Protection Plan 7 calls for an extra sign before I lock the door. He's hanging a little note on his door under his name that says deadline to meet, no interruptions. Panel 2, he continues to think, and a sound effects tape of me at a typewriter keyboard. The clerk has manoeuvred a painting or a picture or something in the wall, opened it up, and behind it there's a tape recorder mounted in the wall. How did he get that set up? He's Superman. And he's pressed a button and it's playing the sound effect of clickety-click, type, 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 type. Peter <laughs> might put a sound effect of a keyboard in at this point if he has the time, the money or the inclination. We will see. Mm. Clark starts to loosen his tie. He continues to think. Now, no one will ever guess I've taken off. And indeed, panel three, we see him shooting out of the WGBS building, flying over Metropolis. And we can see what looks like the Chrysler building in the background. Caption for panel four. Meanwhile, seaside, the irresistible force of a violent whirlpool sucks three Coast Guard cutters toward a saltwater doom. See what you see captioning? We see three small boats caught in a massive whirlpool. In panel four, you see the crew of one of them, which seems to be numbered 75318. One of the sailors is saying, We're almost under, sir. There's nothing we can do, Ensign. And then in the first panel, page five, they look out into the water, and one of them says, Do you see what I... I, I... I thought I was just imagining it, but both of us can't be having the same delusion. And we see, speeding through the water, just ahead of them, the figure of Superman. It's him, all right, coming to our rescue. The one, the only, Superman! See, Supes is pulling the anchor chain of this first boat. Um, so actually, you can see it in the first panel, but at first I thought it was just his hand in his cape. It's not very clear. He's pulling it in panel two, pulling the anchor chain, pulling them out of the whirlpool. Someone on the second boat confirms... He's tugging all three ships away from the whirlpool with one chain! Awesome. Of course he is. Caption for the final panel of page five. And after the fleet has been pulled to save waters... Yeah, Soups is hovering above this oceanic aquatic disturbance and thinking... A whirlpool is usually caused by a disturbance in the ocean's basin. But once one starts, it takes drastic force to slow it down. At once, the Man of Steel becomes a red and blue streak, coiling over the turbulent water faster than the eye can follow. Great image. It's put me in mind of the Flash, yes. for obvious reasons. Uh-huh. We cut back to our two naval officers we'd met in the previous page in this next little insert bit of thingy, and they have a bit of dialogue. The Ensign says, What's Superman up to now? It's easy to read, Ensign. The water is spinning in a clockwise motion, so Superman is super speeding in a counterclockwise direction. Whipping up enough air currents to create a tornado. That way the spinning air will counteract the swirling water. That's what we see in panel three. We see the tornado whirling up and causing clouds and all that sort of stuff. And it's very flash fact, isn't it? Yes. We all seen it's written by Carrie Bates. Yeah, defos. Mm. The caption then for panel four. Tumultuous moments later, the opposing violent forces of nature have cancelled each other out until only a lazy foam of frothing water remains in their wake. And that's what we see indeed. Far too much see what you see captioning for this late stage of the game, listeners, to be honest. A little cloud over the the now smooth and calm ocean. We get a slow dissolve as the caption reads, As our scene dissolves to the next day and an aluminium skyscraper gleaming in the metropolis sunlight. It's that building that we said looked a little bit like the Chrysler building in the background. Mm -hmm. Very shiny, very modern looking. A voice comes from inside, saying, Surely, Captain Strong, you can spare me a sample of your miraculous organic food so my lab can analyse the ingredients. A voice replies, No, sir. I've read about big companies like yours, Mr. Glute. How you steal secrets from each other night and day. We're inside the office building in the next panel. We see Mr. Glute behind his desk. Large, overweight man wearing a brown suit. Standing in front of him is Billy's rescuer from earlier in the comic, therefore mentioned Captain Strong. Mr. Glute continues, I assure you, Glute Foods does not stoop to such means. 
You say I can trust you, yet you can't trust me. Nothing personal, mate, but Sancha is too precious to take a chance. We do it my way. He looks at Brian Cox, doesn't he? Yeah. Your way. You say Sancha will help everybody, but so far only you have eaten it. You say it grows in only one spot on earth, but you won't tell me where. And to top everything off, even if we do make a deal, you want my written guarantee to market Sancha at a rock-bottom price, just allowing us a small profit. Mister, you have no business sense, and you also have no deal. Mr. Glute stands, gestures with his cigar, continuing, Get out of here, and stay out. And he thinks, as Captain Strong takes his leave, Darn it, that walking sea biscuit may be sitting on top of a fortune. A lot of good it does me, unless... And in the reception room? Billy is sat there, dressed in green, sat on a fancy pink couch. Captain Strong is walking towards him. Captain Strong says, It's still no go, mate. Glute won't help us. Billy replies, Forget him, Captain. We'll find another company for Sancha. Besides, I bet Superman will agree to help you out. Superman? My idol? You spoke to him about me? Not exactly, but I told his friend Clark Kent. He promised to tell Superman you want his autograph. You'll get a chance to tell Superman all about Sancha when he brings it to you. Must be said, Captain Strong looks very much like Woody Harrelson in this panel. Yes, actually, yeah. Hi, I'm Woody Harrelson, and when I'm not doing acting, I enjoy listening to our two podcasts. No one does any photographs of Woody Harrelson and Brian Cox together on Google. Anyway, mm. we arrive at the top of page eight. The first caption there reads, But in the meantime, listening to one of the many electronic bugs hidden throughout his building. Yes, it's Mr. Glute snooping. He overhears Billy saying, Tell Superman all about Sancha when he brings it to you. Wonderful, mate. And Mr. Glute thinks to himself, Hmm. The following day, as a caped visitor drops by the sailor's modest houseboat docked to Metropolis Bay. Yeah, nice aerial shot of all these boats lined up at the docks. Beautifully coloured, very, very nice, pretty pastel shades. From inside the boat that's in the middle, we hear a, a voice saying, You don't have to give me this, Captain. Please, sir, I want you to take it. We're inside the boat in panel three. We see the messy bedclothes lying around, but Captain Strong is talking to Superman. He's handing him a little bag. Captain Strong is saying, a sample of Sancha is the least I can give you in return for your autograph, Superman. Very well, if you insist, and forget about glutes. I have friends at other food companies who will cooperate with you. And Superman takes his leave from the boat in panel three, putting one foot up on the side. He says, but now it's time to leave. I'm taking an underwater route because my telescopic vision has spotted a school of sharks entering the bay. I must ward them off. And with a farewell, Captain Strong, Superman Dives into the ocean. Interesting. A tiny caption says continued in second page following. And then the first caption for page nine reads. But hardly ten minutes later, only a few hundred feet from the houseboats. Yes, we see Superman with a little bag that he, that he got from the captain attached to his belt emerging from the water. Water dripping from him. In panel two, with some seagulls flying overhead in a nice yellow sky, Superman walks towards a phone box. And in panel three, He's inside the phone box and we see that it wasn't Superman at all. It was some pretending to be Superman who has removed a Superman mask. He's on the phone and he's saying, We're like a charm, Mr. Glute. The sailor was gullible enough to fall from my disguise, just like you figured. And he gave me a nice fat sample of Sancha. Down the phone we hear Mr. Glute saying, Splendid! Now my lab boys can analyse the stuff, tell me what it is and where it comes from. And I can produce Sancha on my own, without that screwy sailor messing up the works. And as this dodgy sat Superman smiles at Mr. Glute's words we see outside the phone box, Captain Strong 
is eating something. He has a little bag. It looks like there's some leaves poking out of it. And he's scoffing some of what's inside. In the final panel of page 9, he's walked over. And with a scrunch, he's ripped the phone box out of the dock. Out of the dock flooring, lifting it up in there. The ersatz Superman cries, Yipes! And Captain Strong says, You made a landlubber's mistake. There ain't no sharks within 500 miles of Metropolis Bay. First caption on page 10. At that moment... Billy arrives as Captain Strong tips the phone box back onto the docks upside down, saying... This ain't nothing compared to what your fat skipper is going to get. Billy cries, Captain Strong. The caption for panel two reads, After the purple raid sailor tells how he was duped. Yes, obviously a little time has passed. I'm really alarmed at this yellow sky that we've got going on. Yes. Probably just to avoid it clashing with the color of the sea, I suppose, makes Mm -hmm. sense. But yes, is the yellow sky, is that the first part of a crisis sort of indicator? I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) Great shot of Captain Strong scoffing some more soncha. Presumably that's what it is, and it just looks, as we say, like some kind of vegetable. It's kind of obvious what it's meant to be, isn't it, listeners? The captain is saying, And now Glute's going to pay for his trickery. You can't stop me, Billy lad, so keep out of my way. Billy looks concerned and thinks, That wild look in his eyes, it scares me. And the soncha, he's gulping down enough to choke a horse. Captain Strong runs off in the next panel as the fake Superman starts to emerge from the phone box, and Billy thinks, Gosh, he's powerful enough now to smash the whole glute building in his condition he just might. Only Superman has any chance of stopping him, but how can I reach him quick? In the next panel, Billy looks to his left and sees a very fancily decorated minibus type van, which has a sign on the top of it that reads, The Brass Pier, open all night. And from a speaker on the roof of this van, a voice can be heard saying, Free drinks at the Brass Pier all this week. Come one, come all. Billy thinks... Advertising, yeah, that's the answer. And minutes later, Billy is sat inside the van, which is a bit dodgy if you ask me. Kids don't do what Billy does. The van driver, to me, looks very familiar. Remember John Proudstar, Thunderbird of the X-Men? Yes. I think it looks very much like him. Oh, okay, cool. Dark hair, this little red headband. Mm -hmm. Maybe he wasn't blown up. Maybe. Maybe he fell away from the plane with amnesia and got a job driving an advertising van for a pub in Metropolis. Might have done. Would this be published before Giant Size X, before X Men ninety five? Possibly. Oh, yeah, possibly. It would be interesting. Maybe he fell through time at the same time. Maybe it's just the Earth One version. Yes, it's the Earth One John Proudstar. Mm-hmm. Add, add that to your your tallies and your spreadsheets. So Billy's inside the van and he's speaking into the microphone, saying, "Calling Superman! Calling Superman! Fly to Clute Building at once! Situation critical!" And Thunderbird says, "I could lose my job for this kid. Your story better be on the level." The final panel of page 10 is a nice aerial shot of Metropolis. We can see the van meandering its way along the street and Billy's voice from inside on the speaker saying, Calling Superman! Calling Superman! Fly to Glute Building at once! Situation critical! We arrive at the top of page 11, caption for the first panel. The message dwindles across the concrete maze of Metropolis, lost to all ears except two. We see Clark Kent in the back of a taxi. That surprises me. Think of the money you could save by just flying around as Superman. I don't know. Clark can hear... Calling Superman! And he thinks, huh? My super hearing is picking up Billy Ander's voice, sending out an SOS. In the next panel, he thinks, need some fast cover to switch clothes. A tiny gust of super breath, directed at the accelerator pedal, should do the trick. And that's what we see. Clark going, and the force striking the poor taxi driver's foot, so that in panel three, the taxi goes veering off of the road into some bushes as the, the cab driver cries... I'm losing control. And the next panel, the cabbie continues. Sorry about this, mister. 
I don't know what made me step on the gas like that. And the final panel of page 11, he has turned around to see an empty back seat of the cab, but some money left on the seat as the cab driver says, What the? My customer's gone. But at least he didn't stiff me. He left his fare. Of course he did. See if you look at the cabbie in the first panel. Do you think it looks like Jack Kirby? I don't know so much Kirby. I think he looks like someone else. Yeah. I see what you mean. You know, is Kirby esque with the, yeah, the stogie like, in his mouth, craggy face, cigar, and grey hair? I'm wondering if it's if it's maybe. I mean, Kurt Swan's faces are so detailed anyway. Yeah. I wonder if it's maybe supposed to be someone else, but or or maybe at least supposed to be someone significant. Mm, I don't know. We'll never be. know. The first panel, page twelve, is captioned: "In the glute building, a panicky voice rings out." Yes, it's a nice aerial shot of that fancy Chrysler Building-esque structure. And from inside, we hear Mr. Glute saying, You've flipped your seashells if you think you can charge in here like this. And in panel two, we see Captain Strong punching down on Mr. Glute's desk, shattering it with a crack as he says, Maybe I am daft, but before they lock me away, I'll rip the world a scum like you. He moves towards Mr. Glute with fists raised in panel three as Mr. Glute backs away saying, No! Oh, please don't hit me. You can take over my company. I'll give you anything you want, but don't hurt me. And at that point, beside him, a hand in a blue sleeve suddenly bursts through the wall. There's a crash in panel five. A Superman emerges through a bigger hole in the wall. Captain Strong cries, Superman! And Superman thinks as he arrives, Phew! Looks like I got to Glute's office in the proverbial nick of time. Final panel of page 12. He's grabbed Captain Strong by the arm and flies out of the window. As Mr. Glute mops his brow, Superman thinks, Strong can be in his right mind. He would have killed Glute if I hadn't played interference. In the first panel of page 13, in mid-air, Superman holding on to Captain Strong's left hand. With his right hand, the captain tries to punch Superman's jaw, saying, You shouldn't have fished me out of there, Super Swab! Whoa! Says Superman and thinks, Billy wasn't kidding! That mystery foot of his, Sancha, makes him as powerful as Superman! In panel 2, it looks like Captain Strong is flying away! Mental! Superman thinks, fantastic. He's able to thrash air currents with his arms, swimming through the sky. In the next panel, Superman flies over Captain Strong and sort of drops down onto his back, saying, this ought to knock the wind out of the captain's sails, to which the captain reacts. But then the captain sort of flies up, twists round with both hands, raises his fists, and punches Superman on the jaw. Says Superman, thinking, got me behind his back. The caption for the final panel of page 13 reads, Landing nimbly on a nearby skyscraper roof, the mighty seaman reaches into his shirt for ammunition. First panel of page 14, Superman is hovering nearby, watches what's going on and he thinks, Huh, he wants more Sancha, but his food pouch is empty. He's suddenly turned desperate. Frantic is when we see Captain Strong grotesquely rendered here, so it looks as if he's a weird moustache, trying to empty some more Sancha out of his pouch, but of course, there's none left. Abruptly, Captain Strong slices into the sky at eye-blurring speed. Yes, because zooming off as Soups thinks, where's he off to? Must be for the secret source of his miracle food to get seconds. Panel 3 is great. It's basically Captain Strong seems to be flying along, Superman chasing him. Superman thinking, apparently the more Sancha he eats, the more he wants. It's like being hooked on a drug. And like many drugs, it affects the mind. Panel 4, we see that Captain Strong is flying down towards the harbour. Superman again pursuing him, thinking, Sancha gives Captain Strong unbelievable power, but at the cost of his sanity. The mind-distorting effects must have come over him gradually, after many helpings of the stuff. Finally, the super-speed chase ends out at sea. 
Yep, out over the ocean. So man looking down, well, very helpfully, Clark thinks about what's going on. Great Krypton, here? Strong is diving into that whirlpool area. Just coincidence? Not likely. He starts to fly down towards the sea himself, thinking, for if the source of his food is down there, it means Strong himself whipped up the whirlpool to keep outsiders away from his precious food. Ah, caption for panel one of page 15. A moment later... Captain Strong bursts from the sea with an armful of... Well, it looks like seaweed, to be honest. He's thinking... Ah, as soon as I gulp this down, I'll be mighty enough to bury Superman at sea. Abruptly, another form slingshots out of the ocean surface. Yes, Superman also bursts out of the water, grabs the seaweed from Captain Strong's hand, thinking... Just as I suspected. Seaweed! Captain Strong exclaims... Blast! He swiped my Sancha. It's all that's left. Flies after Soups in panel three, saying, Don't leave me high and dry, Superman. Give me one strand. That's all I ask. Soups doesn't reply, but the caption for the next panel says, When? Yep. Captain Strong seems to pull himself up short. He seems to, his body seems to start contorting, twisting. He's, he screams. Ah! Superman is thinking, looks like he's having withdrawal pains. Either he's used up all the Sancha energy inside his body and is cured, or he couldn't survive the sudden seizure. At that, Captain Strong starts to fall towards the water. Superman rushes down to grab him, thinking, got to rush him to the hospital. And as we arrive at the top of page 16, the caption for the first panel reads, Agonising days later in the recovery ward of the Metro Clinic. Yes, exterior shot at the hospital. We hear a couple of voices from inside. Superman is saying, and the doctors say most men wouldn't have survived what you did, Captain Strong. Aye, Superman, but most men aren't crusty old sailors. Sorry about the trouble I brought on you. And we're inside the hospital for panel two as Soups is saying, Not your fault. That seaweed you discovered was actually alien vegetation from another planet. No one could have predicted its effect on Earthmen. Billy is there too. He exclaims, How'd you find out, Superman? We get close up of Soups' hand in the next panel. He's holding very small white dot between finger and thumb, as he says. I discovered some strange spores like this on the ocean floor. They probably came from another planet, and since there are 100 billion star suns in our galaxy, we'll probably never find out which world it was. Gosh! exclaims Billy, and our final panel is of Captain Strong reclining in his hospital bed. Definitely looks like Woody Harrelson. A clear shot of his closed left eye, suggesting it may have popped out, yes. as he smiles at the camera and says, Well, mates, I learned me lesson. From now on, I'll keep strong and healthy by eating good old Earth food. And a caption reads, The End. <laughs> we rattled through that then. Yes, Gosh. Captain Strong. Captain Strong. He does return several times. Yes, I have a couple of them to hand. Mm-hmm. There's the famous cover ripping off Jaws mm-hmm. when the shark is sort of flying up and grabbing Superman's cape. Captain Strong's in that one. Can't remember the issue, but he's also in issue 439. Mm-hmm. And he comes back again much, much later in issue 566 of Action Comics. Yeah. It covered this in April 1985. So we might actually do that one when we get there, actually. We'll see what happens. And he's also the inspiration for the Triangle Era Superman character, Bibble. Of course, so he is. Yes. Of course. Uh-huh. So yes, we won't be covering any of those stories. I love Bibble. Bibble was great. Yeah, he was a great, fun character, yeah. Uh, he was brilliant. Those were the days. The Triangle Era. Mm-hmm. Bestest. Yes. Um, yeah, that was a fun story. I mean, it was it's obviously Carrie Bates sort of thinking, I want to do a Popeye. Yep. 
simple as that, basically. <laughs> you know, and it's seaweed instead of spinach, and there's yeah. um, you know, mm-hmm. the obvious story of a of a of a nasty big businessman wanting to to make some money out of it. Mm-hmm. The random Superman impersonator was quite fun because obviously that means on the cover it was him that was in the phone box. Yes, very true. Being tricky again, Mister Bates, as always. Yes, yes. No, great fun story. I really enjoyed it, and of course, Billy returning is a nice bit of continuity in within the story. Yes, it's quite fun. Absolutely, and I liked the fact that there was so many footnotes reminding mm. us of all the stories that he'd been in. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good. But I always love Carrie Bates' stories, and this is, it's very short, it's very simple, and yeah. it is literally, let's do a little Popeye story. And it's great, it's so much fun. I love swimming through the sky. Yes. That's fascinating. No, that is, that is pulling on the air currents, I suppose, mm-hmm. and pulling them so forward. It's something quite different, yeah. Yeah, if you don't, if you think about it too much, you probably drive yourself nuts, to be honest, but... Um, <laughs> But no, it's it's very. I mean, there's not much else to say. I think really the, the artwork's gorgeous. Kurt mm-hmm. Swan doing what he does best. Um, as you say, the kind of the detailed face and the, the cab driver makes me think he's. He, you know, agree with you that he could have been intended to be someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the the tape recorder ingenuity from, yes. from the Man of Steel, and it's real to real tape recorder, very Mission Impossible like. Yeah, that's quite fun. But yes, of course, Superman can knock that up. No bother. I mean, he basically disassembled his radiator a few months that's back right, in that Atom story. That's right. Uh, to make some sort of magnifier. So yeah, he, he's, he's very handy. Mm. Not quite as handy as the Martian Hunter making that tape recorder uh, from seaweeds. For, yes. And from, there's, you know, a full circle. Of course. For this story. From thin air. <laughs> I, this is obviously when I mentioned it, he'd be disappointed if I don't mention it. When Steve Higgins and I in London in 2008 he was reading the Showcase Essential mm. Justice League volume and was laughing away quietly to himself and I said what is it and he was just <laughs> pointing out that the Martian Manhunter had just crafted this tape recorder out of thin air essentially and yes. you just sort of think well if the Martian Manhunter can, can do that then you know <laughs> what's the point of any story ever quite frankly well good fun yeah good fun but yeah as I said it's a great fun story I don't know Whose idea it was to incorporate the, the Popeye mythos? The um, the actual addictive qualities of Sancha and the effect it had on Captain Strong was, was quite an interesting aspect that you don't usually get in about this time. Yeah, there's a cartoon, I don't know if I've still got it on my phone, but I've seen it somewhere, where our man is very annoyed to realise that Popeye has discovered that Miracle's special secret ingredient is spinach. Of course it is. When you're reading a story where someone is imbibing or ingesting some kind of thing to get superpowers, obviously our uh-huh. man's going to spring to mind. Yes. <laughs> and of course, well, actually, there's a good point. Uh, Popeye preceded our man. I wonder if that was perhaps uh, yeah, an inspiration. I wouldn't. For, for yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Mm. Was the spinach thing, you've read a lot of the Thimble Theatre stuff is the spinach thing right from the start. It's not really right at the start, but it, it sort of in the same way that he becomes a bigger character, it yeah. is introduced that one because at one point he gets really, really badly injured mm-hmm. and survives, and it becomes a bit of a running gag that the spinach is the you know is the source of. You know, sure, he's naturally just sort of strong anyway at the start uh-huh. of it. Yeah, but then they start you know building up, and that's mm-hmm. the thing that everyone thinks of. Mm-hmm. You know, how many cartoons do we remember from our childhood where he has to suck the spinach in through his pipe? Yes. Or someone opens a can <laughs> of spinach and it falls into his gob from That's a distance. And his arms get all big and strong. Dong, dong, dong. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly in the original comic strips, yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, on day of recording, I found another foreign reprint of this one last night. I think I've got five or six. All right, okay. Cool. And also, the cover was homaged on an issue of Harley Quinn. Ah, of course. At some point, I can't uh-huh. remember, I think it was during the New 52 era. I have a copy of it, obviously, so I'll mm-hmm. post a cover for that on the socials this week Superb. too. Super, there you go. Shall we jump to the, the contemporary correspondence? Let's then? do this. 
So the, the letters page from Action Comics issue 425, which has a, a charming Neil Adams and Dick Giordano illustrated human target backup strip. Hey. Oofed. The first letter goes a little something like this. Dear Julie, Carrie, Elliot, Kurt, Murph, Sal and Dick. Phew. Riddle. When is a rip-off not a rip-off? Answer. When it's a Carrie Bates tribute to the man Bill Blackbeard called the first arf-arf superhero of them all. And what a tribute. Without emasculating the character. Captain Strong, indeed. Carrie rendered a script in Action 421 that retained its dramatic flavour. But above all, Carrie remembered rule number one of the comics with an X. Don't take yourself too seriously. He didn't. It worked. Thanks to top-notch Swan Anderson art job, I am awed. I wonder why, sadly, a story of this type isn't dynamic enough, translation, flashy enough, to win a Shazam award. I sit here pop-eyed. Ouch. Well, you don't think a confirmed punster like myself part without that one, do you? Our correspondent goes on to talk about Green Arrow's backup strip, commenting the effectiveness of Dick Giordano's artwork, and signs off saying, all in all, kudos all round. And that's from Roger Clarice, Brooklyn, New York. And Enesson Bitwell says, We are glad you liked Carrie's tribute to that Southern Sailor Man. When I was a little kid, Popeye was me hero, of course. Then were the days before Superman. Arf, arf. <laughs> and the second letter says, Dear Editor, When I saw Action 421, I simply had to write you, and do you know why? To blast you, you clowns! Not since those atrocious red kryptonite stories have I seen such a ridiculous situation. (laughs) Why didn't you just title it Superman vs. Popeye the Sailor Man? The resemblance was ludicrously obvious. Who does Superman meet next? A flying super strong mouse? And that's from Harvey Phillips, Houston, Texas. Editor response from ENB says, Don't be ridiculous. This issue meets a flying super-powered MOA. The flying super-strong mouse was the one he met many years ago in a sewer boy story, The Adventures of Crypto Mouse. Um, <laughs> is that true? Are we going to have to do a Mighty Mouse Superboy flashback episode? <laughs> I don't know if Ian Bay is kidding. I'm going to send Peter mm, off to check that listener, so stay I know tuned. That's, that's going to fester, yeah. Yes, we'll okay. we see what happens with that. <laughs> the final letter then reads, Dear Editor, The Fantastic Feats of Captain Strong was a deceptively simple title for one heck of a good story. It possessed an element only recently revived in Superman comics, comics with an X colon satire. In Action 421, we have Billy Anders, we all know Billy, he's every kid, playing Batman and being saved from disaster by a one-eyed sailor who just happens to get his powers from a green vegetable. One wonders why Kurt Swan forgot the corncob pipe. It's true, maybe been too mm-hmm. on the nose actually. Yeah, That'd be hilarious yeah. we'd had the pipe. <laughs> um, I hope Carrie Bates continues to produce stories like Captain Strong because... Satire gives a certain latitude to Superman's character. For all his majesty, Soupy shouldn't take himself too seriously. Again, this correspondent goes on to talk about the Green Arrow backup strip. And that letter is from Keith Partain, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And Ian B's response very simply just reads, From arrow lines to headlines. That's our Ollie for you. Yes, and I'll mostly a reference to that one. Yes. That's two episodes in a bounce that have had a largely aquatic sort of theme going on. Yep, very um, if, true. if Vigilante ends up at a dockside or fighting a submarine or being thrown into the water mm-hmm. next week, I'm going to be very <laughs> concerned. That last letter actually reminds me of something else I should have All brought right, up. All right, go on. Billy had a Batman costume. So actual proper superhero costumes are available for kids to buy. Who's making money from that? Interesting. Is that going to some sort of Justice League charity fund for the licensing for these yes, things? Yes, I would hope so. Yes, I should, I yes, should hope so. Yes, I can, yeah, I can't imagine anything else. That's quite an image, though, as I say, because I, I was, what, must have been about five. I don't know if there's any photographs of me wearing my Batman suit. Mm-hmm. There might be somewhere. I doubt I'll be able to find it before this episode's up, but we'll have a look. Yeah. Did you have a Batman or Superman costume or anything like that when you were younger? When I was young, I had a C-3PO costume. 
Wow. Which is cool. Excellent. Uh, but I didn't have a Batman costume until I made my own. Right. Which was for a Boys Brigade sketch thing that we did, but also took it into school and wore it on a comic relief day. Right. Wore it all day. <laughs> uh, went to class in this Batman costume. And there was a school disco that evening. And in order to try and win a prize, we, we were all, people were dancing around in a circle. I literally dove into the middle of the circle picked up the ends of the capes and did the Batusi. Of course he did, listeners. I'd have been disappointed if he hadn't. Yep. So that that was a thing that happened. Brilliant. <laughs> cool. Did you win? Uh, no. Oh, uh, disappointing. Was it a competition or was it just showing off? You're probably just showing off, let's be honest. In my head, it was a competition. Listeners, if you ever meet people in real life, don't mention gangman style to them, whatever you do. <laughs> Whatever you, whatever you do, yeah. or if you do, run away quickly. It was quite funny because I did a dive into a forward roll, which I came out of a bit awkwardly, but I thought, I can't like hobble away from this. I have to just, like you know. Yeah. I'd love to see you attempt a, forward, <laughs> a dive into a forward roll right now. We can well, do that for the benefit. I'll, I'll let's clear some space. I'll move that move coffin box boxes, of, of New 52 it. DC Comics out of the way. <laughs> you don't and need I, that. I'll, just, I'll use that yeah. to vault over. Use it as ballast <laughs> if, to, to, if you arrive, if you land. Yeah, have a go then. Can, if I land, we can, if we not can, be floating in the air, we can put it in, on um, <laughs> on YouTube and give all the YouTube viewers a, a right good a good laugh. No, that was fun. It was um, mm. I liked the the points that the letters made. It was yeah. It's Carrie Bates lampooning another fondly lampooning and and deconstructing another famous sort of superhero type character. Yes. Will we do any more Captain Strongs? I don't know. Will we do any other long established fictional characters? that turn up in DC Comics, of course we will. Of course. We've already alluded to that, what one of them might be in. Yes. We've already worked out what our first episode of next year will be about. Aha, uh-huh. aha, stay tuned. Can you guess what any of these are? Why don't you write into us and let us know what you think any of these stories are going to be that we're going to cover. You can email us at theearth2podcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com forward slash theearth2podcast. And we might even play you on the show. Of course we will. Of course we will. If you're remotely inclined you could videotape yourself going into a forward roll from a dive send that in and we'll put that on our youtube channel we could do <laughs> maybe could um, do. <laughs> and yeah dig you know seek out the other captain strong stories because a lot of fun seek out the the popeye collections of the mm-hmm. theater stuff because it's some of the best stuff you'll ever read in your life and check out the socials plenty up this week original art Foreign reprints, the aforementioned Harley Quinn homage cover. Maybe I'll stick up the other Captain Strong covers that I've got, but maybe I'll wait in case we decide to do them. Probably not. Anyway, we, sh- we shall see. As I always say at this point, if you're feeling generous, you go to whatever it is you receive your podcasts and give us a positive review or go to our coffee page and buy Peter the Price for Beverage. Spread the word, tell your pals if you enjoy the show, that'd be lovely. We will see you very soon, won't we, Peter? We certainly shall. On that bombshell, I've been Peter. And I've been David. Take care. You've been listening to... The Earth 2 Podcast. Transmatter cube activated. Return coordinates set for Earth Prime. A voice comes from inside saying, Surely, Captain Strong, you can spare me a sample of your miraculous organic food. That's what I said, poop. <laughs> it does look like that, doesn't it? <laughs> Who is the letter? Don't, don't put, you know, no. you'd have to put that I won't, I won't, put, I won't put poop in. No.